Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to talk to you here today, and I am so excited about this new series and getting into this today. And I, I really like it when we're able to um, have a title that kind of just piques everybody's interest, and then it's really hard to find, figure it out. And, and uh, boy, we definitely have one on this one. Everybody say, turn around to somebody and just look at them and say, mind your own business. <laughs> you know, you got to say that with a little bit of, with a little bit of attitude. A little bit of attitude. So let's talk. Are y'all ready to go? Yeah. All right, let's do this. Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a gentleman in the Bible with a very funny name. And he was a good man. He was a good man. And there is a whole book written about the acts of what this man did. He was a great leader. And he was the king's cupbearer. He was in a foreign country. He was, his people had, had all kind of turmoil in Jerusalem, and they were kind of spread out all over. And he ended up in the castle of the king, being the king's cupbearer. And he had a few jobs. I'll mention a few of those throughout the weeks. But one of those and was just to, just to be happy. Just, don't you love people just happy? And he was just supposed to be happy. He really wasn't supposed to have these downtrodden days, broken down days where he looks like he lost his last friend. He was a leader. He was supposed to be happy. And so he stepped into the presence of the king. And prior to him coming in this particular day, he had some news that was just not worth being happy about. I mean, news that just put him down. And let me read to you Nehemiah 1.4. It says this, when I heard these words, what words are they talking about? Words were that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. The walls of Jerusalem were broken down, which meant that anyone could come in, raid their uh, Jerusalem, destroy Jerusalem. They could never rebuild any of that stuff because the walls were down. And he had heard this news, and he was hurting for his people, and he thought, we'll never get Jerusalem back to where it once was because the walls, which in that day was the key factor if you were going to have strength in a city, and it was going to be uh, a place of stronghold. It needed a wall that was solid. And so he hears this news. This is the news that he's talking about. It says this, when he heard these words... Nehemiah, or he says, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for days and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He'd walked through this now for a number of days. He's broken, he's struggling, and he walks into the presence of the king who he's serving as the king cupbearer, and the king asked him, Nehemiah, What is wrong with your countenance today? What is wrong? Your face shows that something is up in your life. 
And Nehemiah said, O king, I have heard the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. And God has been speaking to me, and he's given me an assignment to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. Obviously, what he's stating here is, but I work for you, and I need off. I need to go do this. But he's broken down, and he is struggling getting all of this out to the king, not knowing what his response was. But he is responsive. The king is responsive to Nehemiah. And his plea for permission to return to Jerusalem found itself on ears of a man. And I'll tell you in another week why it fell on his ears so kindly. But it fell on his ears kindly and he granted him permission to go rebuild the walls. Go rebuild down the broken things. Go rebuild things that had been torn up in Jerusalem. But it's no small task. It's not something that Nehemiah can just take off and go do by himself. And so the king is kind enough to give him help and send him help and put people around him that can go and, and do a great work with him. And so Nehemiah began to rally the people from all walks of life. And he led them in accomplishing something that was just historical so much that it is in the word of God. He gathered together, he gathered together goldsmiths, the Bible says. The Bible says he gathered perfume makers and rulers and priests and merchants. So you get a, a, a all different type of economical status he brings together to, to make sure we're all going to do this together. Now, when Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, if you read the story, he starts, he starts scouting the wall. He starts checking it out. He does so without the, even the people in Jerusalem or the other ones outside that were against them even know it. And he scouts it out and figures it out and tries to see what he needs to do and, and, and see how bad things really, really are and what needed to be done. Then he called the priest and he called the people together that he had uh, put together to work. And he began to delegate out the work that needed to be done. And Nehemiah chapter 3 lists specific individuals or group, groups to work on the wall. And the exact part of the wall that they were supposed to work on. What they had been assigned to rebuild. And this is now where this series is born. This, for the next few weeks, is right where this series, Mind Your Own Business, this is where it's born. What Nehemiah did in this moment, I hope to strengthen you through these words in the Word of God and build up something great in your life through it. It all happens in verse 28 when it says this, the priest made repairs, each in front of his, everybody say, own house. Let's read it again. Let's read it all together. You ready? The priest made repairs, each in front of his, of his own house. Now, let me break that down for you. For the most part, people, listen to this closely, were assigned to work on the part of the wall that was closest to their homes. Well, I'm going to preach to you. Listen to this. 
from what we can gather, listen to this, this is the key part of it. Nehemiah basically said this, walk out your front door and where you live in Jerusalem and look directly in front of you and the wall that's directly in front of your house, I want you to rebuild the wall right there. Where do I start working at? This is what I want you to do. I want you to go home, I want you to spend the night, I want you to get up in the morning and eat frosted flakes, and I want you to walk outside of your door. And the wall that's broken down right in front of your house, that is where I want you to start working. What do you want me to do? This is what I want you to do. I want you to mine your own business. Come on, say it with me. Say, mind your own business. He was saying this, I want you to work on your wall. I want you to start right here. Everything else, it'll come in time. But for right now, I want you to grab a rock and I want you to put it back where it's supposed to be. And I want you to start at your own house. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And this is exactly how God still works in our lives. I mean, exactly. And sometimes, this is what I found. Sometimes we miss what he is wanting to do right in front of us because we are kind of doing like this. We're looking at other people's portion of the wall. Am I telling the truth? Oh man, we, we really want to get involved in this situation. And, and I want to do what God called me to do, but I'm going to do something there. I, I'm going to look down and say, I got my, my walls all broken down, but I want to look down at my neighbor's wall. I want to, come on now, get your halo off for just one minute. I want to look down at my neighbors and all the time forget what's wrong with my house. You got some issues in your own backyard. (laughs) Johnny Lang, I know y'all don't know who that is because y'all just listen to the Hensons, but listen to this. Johnny Lang is, is a singer and he sings a song. It's been going over in my mind this week. Don't Google it, Stephen, because I don't know that it's a Christian song. But listen. It says, stay in your own yard. And what he's talking about, and he's a spirit-filled old boy, and what he's talking about is quit running around trying to look and see what fault you can find in everybody else's yard because you got some things in your own yard that need worked on. So I can kind of see, I know I can kind of see a person sitting here and, and, and being behind this wall. And can we have just a little bit of fun, just a minute? And I can see us being behind this wall and kind of peeking out like this, looking outside the wall and saying, I know, I know I need to work on my part of the broken wall, but, come on, did you, did, did you see what's going on on my neighbor's wall? I thought I had problems. 
until I looked at their part of the wall. I like this one. Did you hear? Their, it always starts out that way, doesn't it? Did you hear that their wall is all the way down to two feet? I mean, it's bad down there. You would have thought they'd have taken better care of their wall. I mean, it just seems like they would have done a better job at it. Or this one, this one. Honey, did you see that only one foot of their wall was broken down? Honey, honey, something must be wrong with my husband. Because they don't have as much problem at their wall as mine. If my honey would do what his job needs to be done, this thing had already been rebuilt. That's a nervous laugh. I like this one. They don't even have anything. They don't have anything to do on their wall. They they don't even have anything to do. Life is perfect. We're the only ones messed up. Man, I get that in the church all the time. We're the only ones that got problems. And I'm the pastor and can't tell them about everybody else's. And I'm going, oh, no, 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 you're not the only one. But Nehemiah can't tell everything he knows. Or maybe it goes like this. The church likes them more. Because they sent a group over to to help them rebuild their wall. They didn't send a group to our church, to our wall. I saw it with my own eyes. He came to the hospital for them, but he didn't come for me. Boy, I wouldn't been wanting to say that for a long time. You got to let Nehemiah vent a little bit. Well, I'll tell you this, none of this is even my fault. We had some wild bandits come by here, and they knocked the wall down, and I'm not going to do anything better to better my life until the government comes to fix my wall. In fact, I want to tell you something else. I hate my government. I hate my husband because he ain't got out there and fixed it. I hate my church because they are to fix all of my problems. In fact, I hate God for letting this happen. Well, well, sir, sir, did you see? God sent us Nehemiah to help rebuild the walls. Well, that's fine. Tell the insurance man to come on in. That's about all they, they totally miss what God is trying to do in the process because of their bitterness of what's been broken down in their walls. Nobody wants to claim ownership. Nobody else is the problem. I like this one. I I ain't going to church over there. Can't do it anymore because everybody in that church has wall problems. 
they do. It's, it's bad. It's bad. They have wall problems. And I'm scared if I go over there, they're going to mess my kids up. Because they look different than my kids. Because my kids come from a wall that's never been broken down. We're perfect. And if we go over there, they might find out that people got problems. And at church, you're not supposed to have problems. I'm preaching whether y'all know it or not. But I can't bear to do that because church is about everybody being perfect. If I see something wrong with the wall broken down, I, I'm, on, I'm not going to be a part of that. I want to go somewhere that everybody has got walls that are solid and standing. Can I just tell you something? We get so distracted watching, watching other people and their assignments and what God has called them to. And we look at their season of life and we look at their part of the wall and how their part of the wall, it looks like the grass is greener on their part of the wall, but it's not. Their section of the wall is broken down too. God called you for this part and this part only. Now this is what I want you to do. Get you to get to work and start rebuilding what God has right in front of you. Because if you do your part and everybody else does their part, we're going to have revival as a whole. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. If you, do, you need to understand and if you mind your own business and, and, and you take care of your part of the wall, that you're right in the middle of the will of God. I just don't know where the will of God is. I've got broken things. Sure, we all do. We all live. We were just born a few, a few short days and we were worth, we had many, many troubles the Bible talk about. We've got issues in their life. Whether yours is as broken down seemingly as other people, I don't know. But let me just tell you something. At some season of your life, you dealt with bitterness. At some season of your life, you struggle with brokenness. You struggle with kids. You struggle with a spouse. You struggle with church. You struggle with issues. But I gotta tell you something. Where do we start? Quit looking at everybody else's wall and mind your own business and look in your own backyard and say, God, I want you to heal my marriage. God, I want you to heal my life. I want you to start right here. And when God starts healing you, that is a revival that explodes in the church because it started at your house. But let me tell you something. This is, I got to thinking about this and, and wrote this down. And this, is, this is to me is so, so human. And that is this. Sometimes when we are sweaty and our backs are hurting, because we've been lifting rocks all day long. Brandon and I put these rocks in, so I know what I'm talking about right now. We both came out of here so sweaty, it was unbelievable. And by the time we got through, Brandon's a much smaller man than I, and he couldn't handle it as much. He's not here today, but he's watching on Periscope. Got you, buddy, and you can't do anything about it. But I gotta tell you something. We got through and our backs were hurting. Our backs were hurting. And in the process of building a wall, 
in the process of reviving things that have been broken down. It never feels like revival. It feels a lot like work. When I thought I was supposed to go to that marriage counselor and we just supposed to leave out kissing. No, you're minding your own business. You're getting your own house well. Some things came out you didn't know about and you're getting your hands down where the rocks are and you got sweat pouring off your brow and you're hurting a little bit but you're coming out going, I know I'm better than I went in because I picked up some things that have been broken down. I know it hurt. Oh, we could have talked about somebody else's marriage problems and we could have talked about that and then that one and left ours alone and never dealt with our own. But when you start lifting that up and things start being revived and revival starts coming in your own house and your marriage starts getting better and your, your kids start getting better, it doesn't look like a victory march. It didn't look like we gathered around, you know, like Joshua did, and we started marching around the walls. No, 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 no. It doesn't look that victorious. It just looks like work. It doesn't look like fun. I've been preaching this church. December will be 15 years now. 15 years I've been preaching this church. Can I just tell you something? I've been trying to tell this church for 15 years. You are in the middle of revival. And I've had some people look at me going, huh? But today, you sit in a church that is absolutely full. We didn't build this church for us to look at us four and no more. We built this church to have revival. But it didn't feel like revival when it was filling up. It felt like work. It felt like marriages and broken issues and people struggling and addictions trying to talk people out of putting the bottle down so you can pick Jesus up. It talked about addictions being broken. Oh, pastor, preach something more victory march stuff. No, 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 I'm trying to preach some things to get people to grab a rock and put it on the wall because we gotta go to heaven together. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. We gotta go to heaven together. Turn around to somebody and give a high five to them and say, God bless you, you're part of the revival. I know you got some issues. I know that you're not want to see your issues on the screen here today, but you're, we're so glad that you're here because Jesus is going to show up because you got problems. He said, I'm going to come to a house that needs that are where the sick are. I'm not going to come to the house where everybody's healthy, where everybody's well. I'm coming to the hospital. Aren't you glad you got some problems that God wants to show up and be a healer of your brokenness? Somebody stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout. Give the Lord a shout. He's showing up in your brokenness. Woo! Somebody say, mind your own business. Start working in your own yard. Start working in your own life. God's got some things in your own situation. You may be seated. Sometimes when we smell our own, man, I have got dust all over my jacket. Do y'all see that? You're not supposed to look like this when you're preaching. Oh, that's right. 
That's right, it's just work. It's God's Nehemiah being sent to you. And I'm not trying to act like I'm all that, but I'm just using that for a type. It's God's Nehemiah sending you to tell you God can do miraculous in your life. But you're going to have to rally around what God's telling you to do. And you've got to start today. Today. Sometimes when you got B.O. from working on the wall. Again, Brandon had that. I didn't have a problem with that. (laughs) And our shoulders are weary from lifting up what feels broken in our lives. The enemy will tell you that you're the only one doing what God told you to do. If it wasn't for you, this church fall apart. <laughs> and we get a martyr syndrome. Like we're the only one carrying the torch. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. What you're doing is you're looking down the wall Instead of looking at where you're broken down. And God said, I'm calling you back to that today. I'm calling you back today. I know it feels like work, but you're being healed in the process of what I've called you into. You're the only one in the church still at the wall. But let me go ahead and tell you the church of the living God is alive and well. It's never been stronger. And if you just do your part, that's all he asks you to do. To do your part, I'm going to tell you this, the wall is going to get built back as a whole. But you've got to start. Because if you don't do your part, the enemy can come in through to the church through your broken down issues. But if you start at your wall and you have revival at your house, and you mind your own business, in other words, focus on what is broken down in front of your house, God is in the healing business. And I believe this to to the core of my being, that God is currently blowing the mind, and he's going to continue to blow the mind of our community in this golden triangle as they see what God is doing at Parkway Life Church and the work of the Lord. You know why I know that? I love it when I get this. <gasps> they go there. I love <gasps> they go there. That means, oh yes! Our church is still a soul-saving station for the broken down. I love that. Just keep doing your part. There's gonna come a day, and Michael Scobie was talking about it. We're going to have to put new, we're going to have to bust the walls out on both sides. I don't really think that's all we're going to have to do. There's got to be more done. That's just going to solve about adding 150 more to this house probably. We got to keep moving. We got to keep growing. Why? Jesus Christ died for more than is in this house. He died for more than is in the part of the church of the living God as a whole. We got to have revival. We got to have revival. We got to have revival. Somebody say revival. Revival is not just a victory march. Revival is picking up the broken things and putting them back in place and letting God do what he wants to do in our life. Rebuilding the wall was bringing back protection to Jerusalem. It It was a move for the power that was once in Jerusalem to start coming back. We couldn't get the power back 
until the wall was built. Because every time we started to get a little bit of power, and I'm going to preach about this in another week, somebody kept raiding what they'd been trying to build up. But the rebuilding of the walls was telling families that it's safe to move back to Jerusalem. It's okay, you can do that now. Basically what I'm saying is this, rebuilding the walls and starting on the part of the wall in front of you is a call to revival. It is a reviving in your own family. It is a reviving that starts in the broken places. It is working on this area of my life until what once was broken down is now stronger than it's ever been before. It's, it's putting my shoulder to the boulder and saying, you're gonna get back to relationship with God. But in real time, this is what it looks like. In real time, when you look back across the years, man, revival, but in real time, it does not feel like revival, it just feels like work. I've told this church that we're going to continue in revival, and I believe that. Do you believe that? But I need some people to grab hold of some rocks and start at your own house. I need you to gather your kids together and, and, and make sure that your family is on fire for God. I need you to make sure that your kids show up to, to our student service, echo service. I need you to make sure that you serve and your part that God has called you to on our dream team. I need you to serve on that. Life group leader, I need you to be better than you've ever been before. Because I'm gonna tell you something, we're in a world that's hurting like never before. There are so many broken things. My wife, her life group had their first meeting yesterday called Phases. And I'm gonna tell you what, she came home absolutely bubbling of the deliverance, dot two, that took place in her life group. People weeping and opening up their hearts and the spirit of the Lord in that room in a huge way and God speaking to people's life. That's not accident. It felt a lot like work, but it was a reviving of the broken things in people's lives. I know it didn't seem to be real spiritual. It's at hard being coffee, not that that's not a spiritual place, but it's at hard being coffee, drinking coffee, but tears dripping off of faces as God is helping us revive what is broken down in our lives. Somebody say revival. Reviving what is broken down. And so I start with what is God is put right in front of me. And he's going to build back things that have been broken down, reviving them back to stronger than they've ever been. But it takes faith. It takes faith to trust God who gave us our current assignment because it doesn't seem real popular to do what we're doing. God, I don't understand how you're going to get me from here to there. I just don't understand it, God. When I wake up, it's, I wish you wouldn't preach this because it's what I wake up and stare at every morning that's hurting me the most. I wish he'd preached to me about mountains of transfiguration where God is visiting Moses. I, I wish I could hear about the hallowed places. I wish I could sing the songs that make me jump and dance. But he said, listen, what you're looking at when you wake up, 
on Monday morning, the issue that you're faced with, the job that's putting you through literal hell, it feels like, and you're staring at and saying, God, why do you even have me here? He says, listen, today I got one job for you to do. Lean over. It's gonna feel a lot like work, but it's a reviving. I want you to lean over and I want you to encourage one person today. I want you to do one bit of work for the glory of God. I want you to be my mouthpiece in a place of brokenness. I want you to be what I called you to be. And if you'll do your part, I'll give revival the golden triangle like they've never seen before. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. God, I don't understand how you're going to get me from here to there. But getting me there is your job. And this wall in front of me is my job. I got to get invested in it. You'll help me, but I got to get my hands dirty. I just want to tell y'all this. This is a brand new jacket. I got it this week, have you know. And I got that joker dirty. But oh, what a type for us. And I didn't mean for this to happen. But oh, what a type for us. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to quit being so stinking pretty if we're going to win our world. Maybe we need to quit being so everything's perfect in our house that nobody thinks that anything is ever wrong with you so they can't, they can't equate with anything that you tell them. But you need to tell them, I once was lost. I once was broken. I once was a drunkard. I once was a failure during this series. We're gonna have videos that we're producing for you of people in our church, of testimonies, that people that were broken down, that God is absolutely restored through the power of what God is doing in this church. I can't wait to watch those videos. But I'm gonna tell you, it's messy. It's dirty. Some of them had to get permission from their families to even be able to tell the story. It's not pretty, but if it will bring deliverance to one house, I want the world to know that us, Christians, we got junk. Us Christians, we smell like B.O. Us Christians, we got blood dripping from our head. But I want to let you know the wall is being rebuilt. There's some restoration in my house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The people that you appreciate, the people that you respect, you may be seated. The reason you respect them is they were faithful. They were obedient to what God had placed right in front of them. They started with their own house. There's a lot of things that we're called to do that we're not excited about, but they are vital in getting us to where we need to go. It's amazing to me, and I don't, I'm not trying to say this in an ugly way, but how many Christians stunt their growth in God because they just don't do what is right in front of them. Just right there. Start right there. It's only common sense that God wants to revival to start in your, in your own yard, at your own house, in your own place, right there in front of you. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say, in my own yard. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I receive it, Brother Ken. It wasn't a setup. This is not a stage thing, but I know what he's doing. He's trying to say, I've been in this church a long time, but I still got some dirt on me. We're still being healed. Is that all right, Brother Ken? We're still being restored. God's still putting our things back together, and he's using us. Brother Ken came to me a few months ago or came to Brandon and said, I want to start a life group called Conversation Life Group. And you had your first one the other night. That's ministry people. That's getting down in the work. That's saying, listen, I know I've been here, but I'm telling you, God wants to use me right where I'm at to heal people that are broken. And if you ever get that vision, God will restore your joy. The whole book of Philippians that I'm preaching about from Wednesday night is about God restoring the joy that has been lost. Can I tell you something? God wants to give your house a revival of old-fashioned joy, but you got to start at your own house. I love this scripture. It says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. Pastor, you kind of get on our nerves a little bit because you get so excited preaching. I'm just trying to do what I do at the most exciting, passionate level that I can, and this is the only way I do it. Hallelujah. I'm going to do the best I can with what God has given me. God, we've got to rebuild. We've got to see things restored. We've got to see it. I like 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 that says, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. I love it. If you're delivering pizzas, You better be the best pizza delivered man in the history of the Golden Triangle. You show up with a Jesus smile on you. You show up to minister. You have an awesome door-to-door opportunity that no one of us can knock on a door and love on people like you can. But God, they called you to come. No, 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 you... They called you to come, and the business is helping you. Well, we don't want no God in our business making pizzas, and you're delivering them. And saying, God's all up in this business because I'm fixing to knock on this door, and I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm not just delivering pepperoni. I'm delivering Jesus to this house. I'm going to restore. I'm going to minister. Somebody say amen. Well, I got a job in the church I really don't like. It's below me. <laughs> you do good with what God's called you to do. Right in that, you make the best cup of coffee in the history of coffee. It ought to be Jehovah Java when you get through with it. It ought to be so good that when they drink their coffee, they said, I want to come back to this church. I'm going to tell you what, I go to Hardbean on Monday and I go to church on, get coffee at church on Sunday. I'm coming back to this church. Why? It ought to be more than a cup of coffee. It ought to be a cup of love that's poured out from them that all week long they have felt turmoil on their jobs and this and that and they're driving a parking lot and somebody's saying, come park here. We want you here. We want you here. You can park at this place. So, but I notice sometimes we just kind of want to tackle the electives. We, we, we kind of want to go to God's school of development in the way that we want to. And we want to get the electives package. God, I want to take these courses, but I want to be on the fishing team. God, I want to take these courses, I want to develop in you. But God, I want to be on God's elective golf team. 
And God's got you in math. God's got you in trig. And you're going, they're not in trig. No. But God's working on you right where you're at. And what you see as defeat, God sees as an opportunity for you to be healed and restored like never before and to win your community and win your neighborhood and be a change maker in the golden triangle. I don't know if I'm ever going to get this jacket clean. What is broken down in front of your own house? Is it your relationship with God? Is it a relationship with your spouse? Is that really the problem? Is it broken finances because of a debt issue? A debt issue? Is it rocks of bitterness? Is it chip rocks of unfaithfulness to the house of God? Did that, did that create it? Is it an attitude that needs readjusting? Is it morals that are now laid in the gutter? I don't know what caused the broken down. I don't know what caused the rocks, but we're not a church that gathers around and figure what happened so wrong with you that you could end up like that. We're a church like Brother Ken. We'll get dirty with you, man. We'll get dirty with you. We hurt with you. So what Jesus did when he walked up to his buddy's funeral. He just stood there and just started weeping. Well, Jesus, if you'd have showed up a few days earlier, just, just hold on just a minute. hurt when you hurt, man. There's a miracle coming, and I know what's coming down the road, but just could you give me a minute? I sure love old Lazarus. I'm hurting with you. I'm struggling with you. But I'm here to be your strength. I'm going to walk with you to your wall. You're not going to have to go by yourself. I'm going to walk with you to your wall. And I know you think you're a self-made man or self-made woman, but when you reach down, that back is moving because I put all those parts together. That muscle that's about to be used to grab hold of that rock, I gave you that muscle. I formed it in your mother's womb. I set you up for this. I'm helping you through this. Pick it up, son. Pick it up, son. Let's just go one at a time. You don't have to get it all restored in one day. You don't have to get it fixed all in one moment. It's not going to look pretty instantly. But just keep doing what I called you to do. Because what I called you to do has purpose and significance and anointing and power. Don't quit now. When you feel the sweat and you feel the blood, you're in the middle of my will. For the first time, you're having to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling.
Don't stop now. Don't stop now. I know you're tired. Just put one brick at a time. It may take 20 years for all this to get. God, I'm depressed. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you daily bread. I'm going to give you the bread that you need to tackle what you need to in each instance of your life when you find the broken things. I'm going to help you. Just stay with me, son. Stay with me, son. Is there anybody in this room? God, give us a revival in our perspective. I'm doing a series right now, Wednesday night, called Mind Shift. It's all about changing your perspective. God, give us a revival in our perspective. Change how I've been looking at my wall. God, help us renew the joy of our salvation. God, give us hope again in the season of life that we are in. God, help us to help us to mind our own business. There'll be a season. There'll be a season that it'll be restored. And when it gets restored, you're going to be able to move from your part of the wall and step back and go, wow. I didn't see the big picture while this was going on. But look what God has done through the power of the unity of the church. (laughs) Look what God has done. Look what God has done down there on their wall. (laughs) Man, I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if there was much hope for them. (laughs) But while I was busy minding my own business, God, you was doing something in them. I saw them every week at church and I didn't know you was doing all that. I didn't know that they were having devotions. God was restoring and speaking to them in their morning time. I had no clue of that. I thought they had more issues than me. And all the while I step back and I say, my God, look what you have done. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Seed begging for bread. God, I can't believe. Look what you have done. Look what you have done. Mind your own business.